Coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, we welcome back the holistic savage himself, Brendan Vermeer. We as a species, as a collective, are lacking tolerance. You know, we used to live symbiotically with mold, but it's a, a lack of tolerance because we're immunocompromised because everybody's so metabolically compromised, which if there's one thing COVID showed, it's that. And on top of that, like our toxic buckets are just overflowing, our radiation buckets. So it's just like, we are being blasted from every direction. Like we don't, we don't stand a chance unless we make some radical changes. I'm a certified functional health practitioner who's on a mission to educate 1 billion people. I've been obese for most of my life. From rock bottom to the top of the mountain, I am passionate about studying ancient healing strategies like fasting and the ketogenic diet and curating this information on the Keto Camp podcast. My goal is to bring you the thought leaders in this space. My name is Ben Azadi, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, host of the Keto Camp Podcast, best-selling author of Keto Flex, and today we welcome back my brother, Brendan Vermeer, who is the holistic savage himself. Brendan has been on the Keto Camp Podcast before episode 69, where we talked about weight loss resistance, the epidemic of leaky gut and autoimmune disease, how to lose weight for the ladies out there, and other topics discussed on that episode. I'm gonna put a link for that down below if you wanna listen to it after today's episode. Today's episode is about taking less hits, identifying areas that might be contributing to inflammation in your body, which is preventing your body from healing. We're gonna uncover mold toxicity, EMFs, heavy metals. We're also gonna dive deep into functional medicine versus allopathic care and why mindset and self-love and gratitude changes everything for you. Before I bring Brendan on the show for this fantastic discussion, I wanna take a minute here to get to the Apple Podcast rating and review of the day. This is a five-star review from Ajenki33 titled, Keto Camp is the best. Very new to keto and stumbled upon Ben Azadi's podcast. It has helped me tremendously to know how to go about this lifestyle as a woman. So glad I found it. Oh, Ajenki, I'm glad you found it as well. And you said it, lifestyle. This is not a diet. Keto is not a diet. It's a metabolic process. And it's been around since humans have existed. Therefore, this is a lifestyle. Fasting is a lifestyle. So kudos to you for having that right mindset. I'm glad that you find the information useful, especially for the ladies out there like yourself. It's important to know how to do this differently. Women should do this differently than men. And we talked about that often. So thank you so much for leaving that rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a big difference. If you have not left the Keto Camp Podcast a rating or a review yet on Apple Podcasts, please take a second to do so right now. Just a reminder that my latest book, Keto Flex, is available for purchase on paperback and Kindle. In Keto Flex, we outline the four-pillar approach to achieving long-term results with keto and fasting. We also have a chapter on carnivore, we have a chapter on sleep, and we have an entire chapter, chapter 12, on keto and fasting for women. So if you really wanna understand how to use this powerful tool called keto, 
Get the book over at ketoflexbook.com. It's been endorsed by Dr. Jason Fung, Megan Ramos, Thomas DeLauer, Drew Manning, Cynthia Thurlow, Dr. Mindy Peltz, Dr. Ryan Lowry, and many, many other incredible thought leaders in the keto and fasting space. And the foreword is written by Dr. Daniel Pampa. Head to ketoflexbook.com to get your copy today. All right, let's bring back the holistic savage himself, Brendan Vermeer. Brendan is an integrative clinician and functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, like myself, specializing in complex chronic illness. He began his career as a personal trainer and nutrition coach at the age of 19. After disappointingly being medically discharged from the United States Navy SEAL training pipeline due to injury. After being exposed to the power of functional lab testing in the start of his career, he began intensely pursuing that as a career, which has led him to being the owner and founder of the premier virtual integrative health clinic, Metabolic Solutions, and he's doing such great work. So here is Brendan Vermeer. Brendan Vermeer, welcome back to the Keto Camp Podcast, my brother. Hey, man. How's it going? We were just saying backstage, but uh, get to talk two weeks in a row. Had you on my show last week talking about your new book. Can't wait to publish that that episode. And uh, it's a pleasure to be back on the Keto Camp show. What a blessing to see you two weeks in a row. That was a great conversation we had on your show, the Holistic Savage Podcast. Go subscribe to it. Amazing podcast. You're a great host and you're doing great things on that show. So yes, I'm grateful to have you back. You were on episode 69 where we talked about weight loss resistance, the leaky gut epidemic, how to lose weight when you hit a plateau specifically for the women out there. So if you didn't listen to that, we'll put that in the notes down below. Today, we're going to focus our conversation on hidden stressors. I always give an analogy, Brendan, when I'm speaking about the greatest professional athletes in the world. So if you think about Kobe Bryant, the late and great Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, Tom Brady, Dwayne Wade, these incredible athletes have something in common. And what they have in common is towards the second half of their career, they got really smart. They started to realize that if they kept playing the same game, it's going to lead to a shorter career. So they switched up their game. Instead of Kobe Bryant and Jordan and Wade driving to the basket and hitting the floor every single game, they started to become more of a proficient jump shooter. So they took less hits. It extended their career. Wayne Gretzky, Tom Brady sits in the pocket and and just sits back there and doesn't really take hits. He gets rid of the ball fast. So they take less hits. So let's relate that to the human being. As we go through our life, we have this stress bucket that when we, we take all these hits, once that bucket starts to get full, we get symptoms and then it overflows, you got a real problem. So I wanna focus the conversation on these hits that we're taking, we don't see them coming. They're really hitting us and, and really interfering with us at the cellular level and what we can do about it. And I wanna start with mold. Your shirt says, hashtag mold squad. <laughs> I love that. I'm personally somebody who was affected by mold. It really destroyed my health four years ago. The house I used to live in had nasty black mold growing. I had no idea. I thought I was doing everything perfectly. I just didn't feel well. I had to take a nap every single day. I had brain fog. My performance at the gym suffered. So why is mold such a nasty thing? How do you discover? How do you even know if you have mold? What are the main symptoms? Let's get all into mold, my brother. Absolutely, man. You know, that was, that was a cool way to set the stage. At first, I wasn't sure where you're going with that, but, um, but longevity, right? And and so we live in just insane times. And the more that I preach a lot of this stuff through social media and the internet, 
because we live in our own world, like you and I, we're, you know, we're a different breed and there's a lot of other people like us in our industry. So we live and breathe this stuff that is functional medicine, holistic health. But of course, that's, you know, what, less than the 1%, whereas the, the vast majority of the population and collective are kind of stuck in what, what we might say is unconscious consumerism and the, the mainstream lifestyle that is being not just spoon fed, but like just jammed down their throats is an incredibly pro-inflammatory, pro-oxidative lifestyle. And so we are in this, you know, chronic disease and, and chronic complex illness pandemic epidemic crisis and our conventional healthcare system which i am not one of those people that i rag on it is i think it's a very impressive system you have to like you have to really dig into it and dig into the medical science to be able to appreciate how amazing it is but it's it's more the the narrative and the reductionistic and myopic and compartmentalized and it's like oh well you know diabetes that has nothing to do with gut health or cardiovascular health when actually we see through the literature that leaky gut is an independent risk factor for developing type 2 diabetes. Mm. It's not even a direct you know, insulin resistance mechanism. It's that it seems that the leaky gut itself causes insulin resistance, right? As just one random example. So you know, our, our conventional healthcare system, it reduces everything, very myopic, not very you know, forward thinking and, and compartmentalizing. And then here's the drug that you take to manage that system, that mechanism. And so a big part of like what you and I do is, you know, we're looking at it's the same science. It's not conventional or functional science. It's just science. It's are we applying it allopathically or are we applying it holistically and functionally? And that's and that's what we do. And you and you have a you have a great analogy about allopathic versus functional, Republican versus Democrat. Could you share that? Yeah, yeah, that's a good one too cuz everything's so polarized these days and and don't get me wrong, I think a lot of us that are feeling let down or failed by conventional medicine cuz it's a huge system and you know there's a lot of gaps and people are just falling through those gaps and so of course the egocentric kind of a little bit naive, a little bit immature reaction is like well, it's their fault. And and it's like, in a lot of ways, though, we're avoiding admitting we let ourselves down by not being our own health advocates and thinking we're just unconsciously consuming. And then we get mad when this healthcare system fails us. But my point with that, conventional and functional, it feels very much like Republican and Democrat, and it's just getting more and more polarized where, you know, the truth is always going to be somewhere in the middle, because you've got like conventional medicine, where you know, a lot of times what a lot of our clients might report is, well, I went to my conventional doctor, they said my blood work looks normal, there's nothing wrong with me, and it's just all in my head. And do you want a medication to make you feel better, you know, psych- psychologically, psychiatric wise? And then of course, but then you go see like a functional medicine provider, which there's no such thing as a doctor of functional medicine, there's no functional medical school. So what the hell does that even mean? But then you get labeled with all these pseudo diagnoses of, well, you have SIRS and leaky gut and leaky brain and MCAS and adrenal you know, fatigue. Yeah. The list goes on and on and on. And so now you're throwing all these other pseudo diagnosis labels, and people go down these, you know, rabbit holes on this wild goose chase to find that root cause of like, well, there is no singular root cause. It's all of these underlying hidden stressor contributing factors, root causes that are contributing to widespread metabolic dysfunction, right? 
Exactly. Yeah, it's so true. And, and I've seen both parties be guilty of, of doing the, uh, something that doesn't get to the root cause, which is the innate intelligence. I've seen the allopathic care just prescribe medication, to your point, or a surgery. And then I've seen the functional side just prescribe supplement after supplement after supplement. And they're, they're, that's both the wrong solution. The solution is to get to the cause. I'm not against supplementation. And there's a time and place for a surgery. But like you said, somewhere in the middle is the answer. And that's getting back to the innate intelligence and seeing what's going on with that. What is blocking the interference? What is causing the interference? So how does mold interfere with that? Where does mold come into play here? Yeah, you know, mold, mold is a big one. And I knew that this would happen. I knew it would. I was just waiting for it. And it's starting to happen right now where mold illness awareness, which says that on the back of the shirt. Oh, yeah. But mold illness awareness is just skyrocketing right now. And of course, anytime that there's increased awareness of the subject, sensationalism, incorrect information yeah. and bandwagon behavior, it just follows suit. Like keto, huh? Like keto, like keto. It's just that's that's humans. We get excited and we do silly stuff when we're excited and we're scared, right? Like, oh, mold, that sounds really scary. So I see this happening a lot. I'm trying to do my part to, you know, put the right information out there because it's a big topic because it's like something I always start with is fungus has been on planet Earth a lot longer than humans have. I have some actual like timeline notes somewhere and it's like, I mean, we're talking like millions and millions of years that, you know, fungi and bacteria and archaea have been around and it took a long time for more complex polycellular, you know, life forms to start developing so my initial point being, we've co-evolved with mold for as, as long as the bipedal hominids have, have been around. So if we've co-evolved with it, it can't just be all bad. And, and it's not, you know, so I think a big part of the problem is, for one thing, there's a big difference between you're getting some mold exposure through the natural environment outside, as opposed to, let's say, you're living the majority of your life sealed off in a pseudo cave that is a house or an apartment that's made out of material that is prime material for mold to mm. feed on and they're making it they're making these new houses and apartments even tighter more confined right yeah less breathable well of course and and so you, you have to look at like how long has the human species been living the majority of our lives inside and and kind of cooped up with mold and you know, of course, it's it's totally normal to have some like we we are all exposed to mold all day, every day. That doesn't mean we all need to be afraid of mold or everybody's going to develop mold illness. So, of course, then it's kind of like with candida, candida being just a commensal yeast in the GI tract. And we all say that and kind of the conventional narrative is is really okay, well, you're, you're really only going to be at risk of developing like invasive candidiasis where that candida's you know, opportunistically overgrowing if you're like really immunocompromised. And then in the functional world, it's like, well, that's very all or nothing. That's very black or white thinking. Like it's either not a problem at all, or if you're very immunocompromised, it might become more of an infection. Whereas then it's like, well, what about like candida overgrowth? It might not really be truly invasive or causing, you know, an acute fungal infection, immunological reaction, but it is overgrown. And, and that is a hidden stressors. So part of the problem is the mainstream and, and populist and conventional, it, it's very binary, it's black or white, it's either a, a medical problem, or there's nothing wrong with you. And of course, you know, the functional we're trying to elucidate, 
No, everything is a spectrum. You know, how much fungal overgrowth do you have in your body? How how many mycotoxins might be trapped in your tissues? How how much mold exposure are you getting? And how resilient is your body against it? You know, how robust are your detox systems or is, is your immune system? How much is it really getting to you? So it becomes a much more complex thing to try to tease out like clinically. So molds, let's get into the basics because maybe somebody listening right now or watching on YouTube, they've heard mold, you know, moldy food, mold in the shower. Maybe they've seen some black mold in their shower. What exactly is mold? And how do you know if you have it in your household? What are some ways to verify that? Yeah. So, you know, fungi just being its own uh, kingdom, you know, we have animals as a kingdom and, and plants as a kingdom and, and fungi is its own kingdom. It it breathes oxygen and exhales CO2 just like we do, which I, I think is kind of cool. You know, it feeds on carbohydrates and rotting material. And I always think we have to really think about systems biology. Nothing about human health or physiology makes sense if you don't kind of integrate that into systems biology and thinking of well, how does the human species fit into the greater ecosystem of the world? And so it's like, what's the role of fungi in the natural world? It's it's a recycler. You know, it breaks down dead and dying carbon-based material to recycle nutrients back to the soil. So it plays a very important role in our ecosystem. And, you know, now we have emerging literature on like the microbiome, the fungal component of the microbiome that shows, well, hey, actually a lot of these different types of fungi seem to be a normal part of our gut microbiome and microbiome that trains our immune system and matures our immune system. So then of course, you know, in our internal environments, you know, everybody has has some mold growing in there. If you do some sort of like ERMI test or environmental mold test, you're going to be able to do some degree of, you know, mold spores and DNA of mold in the, in the environment, maybe some endotoxins or mycotoxins in the environment. So um, testing for, for mold in the environment, like any anybody can test for mold in their internal environment, you're going to have some degree of detectable fungi for like a DNA PCR is what they use with the uh, ERMI, the uh, Environmental Relative Mold Index Test. And so they have on the ERMI like their standard of, you know, what level of mold in the environment is deemed unsafe. And then, of course, you can kind of debate about, you know, are those standards adequate versus, well, it's very bio-individualized. You know, some people are going to very, be very non-resilient to mold in the environment or, of course, the, all the different types of mold illness or the genetic susceptibilities. So we have to be thinking about the degree of mold exposure in the environment, the frequency, the basically the mold load. You know, we talk a lot about viral load with COVID and it's like, what about the fungal load that you're being mm. exposed to and how resilient is your immune system and detox systems in relation to how much exposure you get? So it kind of becomes like a, you know, a checks and balances equation. You mentioned it's different for everybody. There's a genetic component. I think the percentage is, and you might correct me if I'm wrong, 23% have the specific gene. What, what is the gene that you can't really, that, that makes you really compromised with mold? What's that gene? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a, a lot of different genes that might be involved, everything from like MTHFR and MTR, CBS stuff. But the main one that everybody talks about is the human leukocyte antigen or the HLA. And there's a lot of different HLA SNPs, DQ2, DQ8, so on and so forth. But um, there's kind of the, the dreaded HLA phenotype about, yeah, 23, 25%. Of course, you know, where that percentage comes from, 
you know, who actually knows? Um, I think it came from uh, Richie Shoemaker, no? Yeah, Richie Shoemaker. Now, where he got it is is where I'm curious of how yeah. did he come up with 25%. But Richie Shoemaker is the doctor that really pioneered mold and, and SIRS. And now there's a lot of us that are kind of, you know, building upon that work and sort of breaking out of his model and like, well, there's there's more to it. So there's a lot of like schools of thought around mold. And, and that's the thing, like we're literally, we're all trying to figure it out. And of course, there's, you know, what the conventional narrative is towards mold, because really with conventional medicine, if you say anything about mold, they're going to, okay, mold allergy, an IgE, a true IgE mediated mold allergy, or, you know, a fungal infection, which is kind of hard to actually find, you know, you might have like, well, is it just like a dermatological, you know, you have a ringworm, like a fungal in- infection on the skin, versus more like invasive aspergillosis of the lungs, which happens a lot with like cystic fibrosis. So those are really the only, you know, two types of mold related illnesses that conventional medicine acknowledges. Whereas then in the functional world, we're like, well, there's actually all of these other ways that mold can really make you sick. And I remember Richie Shoemaker's work, which he was a pioneer for mold, but there was a lot of doom and gloom if you had that gene. It was like, oh, you're screwed. Like, you're not ever going to be able to. I don't fall. I think the human body is incredible, and we could do so many other things to overcome that. So let's talk about the first steps. Somebody listening right now, they want to know if they have mold. They go and they do a Google search for the ERMI test. They get the ERMI test done. My understanding for the ERMI test is they'll test the inside of the house and the outside and see if there's a difference. Is that what they're doing? Yeah, it, essentially, they're they're looking for how much fungal load is inside the, the living environment as, as opposed to what we would be exposed to in the external uh, natural environment. They do a test and let's say they come back and they have high amounts of mold. What's their next step? Well, you know, first off, I always say that there's a very fine line in between creating a problem where there isn't one versus identifying a healing opportunity where there there is one. Mm. Because I feel like in the functional medicine world, we're, we're better at creating problems and solving them. And I think we're better at scaring people than educating and empowering them. And so we create a lot of this orthorexic neurotic phobia behavior because like, oh, you know, you learn about mercury... And it's like, ladies and gentlemen, we are all exposed to a lot of bad things every single day, glyphosate and mercury and arsenic and mold. And so we can't sensationalize and make it sound like if you're at all exposed, you're going to be ill. Because like, it'd be one thing if you have like visible mold growth in your home and you're, or you're living in an older home and it's really musty and there is known historical water damage. And But the biggest thing, like, are you ill? Are you symptomatic? And it's a little more complex because like, well, maybe you're not ill or symptomatic right now, but if you're living in a compromised environment, it's probably just a matter of time before you do start developing symptoms. So to your point, you know, if somebody is testing for high levels of fungal load in the environment, well, I mean, basically the choices are to try to remediate and reduce the fungal load to improve the air quality of the home or ultimately get the hell out of the environment. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the hardest part. And any of us like mold literate practitioners, that's the worst part is dealing with the environment and having to tell people like, yeah, you're not going to get better unless you move out of your home because that's such a big complex thing to try to do. Yeah, so true. Mold is such nasty because that might be the case for some people. They might be so sensitive 
that they actually have to leave their household. But how do you tell somebody that? And, and not only that, they have to leave usually behind all their things, all their books, all their clothes, because it goes along with them. But that's not most of the time. We're not trying to scare you here. Most of the time, you could actually remediate it. I, I like a company. I don't know if you've used them before. Pure Maintenance. I have a lot of my clients use them. Have you ever used them before? I've heard of them, but I haven't used them. Yeah, they do great remediation. They have a padded in bled. I know Dr. Pompa uses them as well. So that could be a good option. Does the Ermi company also offer remediation as well? There's a lot of different companies that, that offer the, the Ermi assay and the Ermi test is really a just commonly used tool from a, a lot of mold inspectors. And, you know, my buddy, Brian Carr, he's at mold finders on Instagram. He's doing a lot of great work. He's, he's making environmental testing for mold like cool, which I didn't think was possible, but he's doing a good job with it. Cool. So we'll go follow him. What's his Instagram handle? Uh, at Mold Finders. At Mold Finders. Mold affected you tremendously. You have a story that you shared on uh, our colleague, Dr. Mindy's podcast. Your ex-fiance actually got really sick and you were impacted as well from mold. So if you could share that story, how it impacted you and your ex-fiance and, and what actually ended up happening to her. Yeah, Absolutely. To understand that is to kind of understand, because like, you know, being a guy with a background in fitness and nutrition, like I never would have thought mold would be such a big part of my life. Like who would have thought? But, you know, I always like to joke that I didn't choose the mold life. The mold life chose me because nobody cares about mold until they get really sick from it. And so I do definitely preach a lot that like, hey, not everybody needs to worry about mold. And you know, I see all these practitioners, they'll run a urinary mycotox and just start crying mold and they freak their clients and patients out. So the, the clinical navigation, that's a huge, huge thing. But yeah, the way I got into mold was I was actually in a relationship. I was engaged to an older woman and she had, or well, yeah, had three young children, one of which was a newborn. And it was, it was an amazing journey. And we were living in an older home. It had known water damage. It had a just generally musty, which maybe I'm weird, but like I actually think musty, it, it's almost like kind of like comforting in a weird way. It's sort <laughs> of, it, it feels homey in, in a way. Um, but musty really means that there's, there's mold and fungi afoot. Mm -hmm. uh, so musty, your home should never be musty. And if it's musty and you have symptoms or, you know, neurodegenerative disease or something like there's probably something to that. Because like how often in the natural world, you're walking through the woods and it's like, yeah, the woods smell really musty. I mean, if there's like a lot of dampness and, you know, a bunch of leaves, sure. But anyways, I digress. There was a very distinct day where she woke up and her, her trapezius was just all locked up. It was like this unrelenting cramp from hell. And it was such like a marked day and just life went downhill so severely, so quickly, you know, and, and so we went through that. Of course, we did our due diligence, go to our primary care, did all the basic blood work. It all looks normal, nothing wrong with you, but you do have this MTHFR thing. So here's, you know, a mega dose of that supplement. And mm -hmm. so we went through the ringer and we couldn't, we didn't have money. We couldn't afford to meet with a naturopathic physician Physical therapy didn't help. Chiropractic didn't help. Conventional medicine had no clue. It was just putting her on all these muscle relaxers. Meanwhile, she was literally wasting away. She became emaciated. Her friends and colleagues and family were starting to whisper and gossip about like eating disorders and stuff like that. And it's really, it's a very tragic 
tale and I genuinely feel like I'm the only human on this planet that actually has the insight because I was there with her. I lived through it with her. And, you know, ultimately it, it went on and on for, I don't know, like a year and a half at least, but we ended up separating because, you know, it became such a toxic and volatile situation. You know, she and I, as, as a couple were, it was devastating, but it was interesting how everybody in the household had very different symptom clusters. So for me, it was a lot of fatigue and it was really compounding my depressive tendencies that I'm just kind of genetically inclined to. Her two daughters didn't seem to really express any symptoms at all. Her son had a lot of allergy, sinusitis, rhinitis, brain fog kind of stuff going on. And then her, she was really that canary in the coal mine. And it, it really was what we would describe in the functional medicine world as kind of the typical SIRS clusters, the ice pick pain, the neurological, the cognitive, wasting away. A lot of times with severe mold illness, you'll see people either become very overweight, very puffy, very inflamed and weight loss resistant, or a lot of times they'll get really emaciated and, and skeletal. It kind of, it's just a anecdotal professional observation, but you know, how that ended up playing out, that's what got me into functional medicine. I was a nutritionist and personal trainer with uh, an obsession with metabolic biochemistry and stuff. But what got me into, you know, mold and methylation and microbiome and gut health and, and all these more functional medicine subjects was I was trying to save her. I was doing everything in my power to try to save her. I was working my ass off. I was studying my ass off and researching, trying to figure it out. We were doing all the different supplement protocols, trying to, we did a parasite cleanse. We were doing methylation sport, like just nothing was working. And ultimately it just became such a toxic situation. We ended up separating, we ended up breaking up, splitting up. And then actually, gosh, like four years later, which was this past fall, 2020, I got the news that she had taken her own life. So I never got confirmation that it was mold. So I technically, I don't know, but based on everything and, you know, now I'm widely regarded as like a mold expert and yeah, I, I feel very sure that it really was mold illness. And I got out of the environment. I worked on my own health. I healed. I moved on with life. She didn't. And um, yeah, really tragic with how it played out. Just horrible. Very tragic. And I know that's not that one story. There's other stories out there that are very similar. There are so many researched benefits to having good fat in your diet, but there is just one little problem with all this healthy fat. If you can't properly digest the fat in your diet, chances are you won't feel that great. And a lot of people lack the one key nutrient needed to digest fat. To really get the best results from any diet, whether it's carnivore, paleo, keto, or even vegan, I found there are three things that can really help optimize your results. First, enhance your digestion and elimination. Second, boost your cellular energy. And third, rev up your fat-burning metabolism. And one of the best aids to a ketogenic lifestyle that I've ever found comes from my friends over at Bioptimizers, and it's called Capex. What Capex does is three things. First, it breaks down the fats you eat into fatty acids using a proprietary lipase and dandelion extract blend. Most people aren't eating a lot more good fat in their diet these days. This means you're breaking down the dietary fat into usable energy and not storing it. 
Second, they transport those fatty acids into the muscles and in the liver. And they have several ingredients that dramatically increase the fatty acid oxidation inside your mitochondria, both in your muscles and liver. In other words, it's more fuel into your motor and more horsepower for your motor. If you take three to five capsules of K-Pax in the morning on an empty stomach, the energy is incredible. It feels like a cup of coffee and it lasts six to 10 hours and there's no nervous system stimulation. It works incredible as a pre-workout and even without caffeine. It's one of my go-tos when I'm in a fasted state. Now, it won't make up for bad eating or eating lots of excess calories, especially from processed foods and seed oils, but the research shows that it can raise metabolic rate and boost other fat loss hormones. I highly suggest trying it for yourself. And when you go to kenergize.com slash ketocamp, that's K-E-N-E-R-G-I-Z-E forward slash ketocamp, camp with a K, you'll automatically get 10% off any package of Capex with the coupon code KETOCAMP10. That is K-E-T-O-K-A-M-P-1-0. We will also drop a link for you down below in the podcast notes. I want to take a quick break here to share with you about the dangers of taking fish oil. I know, shocking. I was somebody who took fish oil every single day for years. And then I came across a ton of research showing the dangers of consuming fish oil. I immediately found an amazing product called Pureform. Pureform is a plant-based omega And the cool thing about Pureform is that it is uniquely processed with nitrogen to preserve it and make sure it does not oxidize. These essential fatty acids are cold pressed and you get the proper balance of omega-6 and omega-3 to feed your cells what it desires. We know that life begins and ends at the cell membrane. And when you have the proper fats, the building blocks for those cell membranes, all of a sudden your fat burning hormones can do its job, so you lose weight. All of a sudden, your cells produce energy, so you feel good. So we know that cellular health is key for performance and longevity. So I've been taking Pureform every single day. My dog takes it every single day, so does my girlfriend and my mom. This is how much I love the product. If you wanna get your bottle delivered to your door, head over to purelifescience.com, check them out, Order a bottle or two, and you'll be amazed by how you feel after taking this just after a few days. That is purelifescience.com. Use the coupon code BEN4 to apply a $4 off coupon. That is BEN, B-E-N, and the number four. International shipping is available. Okay, let's go back into this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. What was your initial reaction when you found out? I wasn't completely surprised, to be honest. You know, one of the things that caused a lot of volatility between her and I, I mean, it's kind of one of those, like, it's it's hard thing to speak of because there's like the, the mold side of the story versus, I mean, she uh, was unfaithful, you know, she uh, kind of used and abused me in a few ways. So there, there was a lot of damage done to me on a psycho-emotional level. And, and she was, she was making bad decisions in her mm-hmm. life. And, you know, she had some hard aspects of life, being a single mom and dealing with two fathers that were not especially helpful and 
kind of having a little bit of a some unresolved trauma from childhood. So that's the thing is, you know, people see my account on social media, they see that I talk about neuroinflammation and mental illness and unresolved trauma and mold and all these things and how it's interconnected. But they don't understand what I went through to become an expert in these things and how it's all connected. And this is why because I I went through that I, you know, was in this very toxic relationship in a toxic moldy environment dealing with all of these things and trying to deal with gaslighting and being cheated on and all these. And so it's one of those, I think I have a lot of kind of compassion and forgiveness because I know that it wasn't just all, you know, toxic, psycho-emotional. I, I, I recognize and understand that there were a lot of very real root cause factors that were, you know, leading to a very toxic psychology, a toxic neurology, you know, so I think having a deeper understanding of the physiological science of what was going on in her body, it makes it a little bit easier to forgive some of the, uh, you know, some of the things that were done. So but ultimately, it's such a tragic story. And it has very much motivated my career path. So honestly, it's like, it's the craziest thing to try to even think about or talk about you know, where she is now versus where I am now. And it's like, yeah. you couldn't make this shit up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't, you couldn't write this. If this was like a, a book or a movie, you couldn't write it, but this is real life and it happened and it matters. And so this is where it really lights a fire under my butt and makes me so passionate about what I do because nobody should ever have to go through that. But unfortunately it's, it's a lot more common than people realize. And then they get gaslighted by their conventional doctors that mm-hmm. don't acknowledge it and literally turned a blind eye to it. So it's, it's bad stuff. From pain to purpose to promise, man. That's why you show up every day. It's, it's what separates you from a lot of the other functional practitioners. Not only the fact that you went through it and you're not a typical functional health practitioner, meaning you're getting to the cause. You're not just recommending a supplement and another supplement and another cleanse. And there's a time and place for that, but you're actually getting to the cause and you're compassionate with the person, you're understanding where they're coming from. And I could always feel that from you from day one. So your work is so important because you're right, Brendan. She's not the only one who has gone through that. There are so many people who are going through that right now. These mental disorders, these immunocompromised individuals, that's what we should be speaking about, of course. The the news should be speaking about that. Why are we so compromised? The human body is not built weak. We're built strong. What have we done to interfere with that? So mold is a big one, but mold is not doom and gloom. Your story, perfect example. You got out of the mold environment, you built up your health, and you're thriving right now, similar to me. I actually sold my house. I I chose to actually get out of the environment. Could have remediated, but I sold the house. We actually remediated and then sold. And I worked on a mold detox program. I got the, you know, the biotoxins out of my body and I've been getting the metals out of my body. And now my health is improving each year, right? The body can adapt. We just have to get to the interference and start working on removing that. So speaking of interference, we talked about mold. Let's move on to the next component here. I want to focus the last part of the interview on, and that's EMFs. EMFs, some people think it's woo-woo. There's not a lot of research out there. (laughs) What would you say to somebody who says, yeah, there's not a lot of research to back up that EMFs are damaging the body? What would you say to that? Well, I I will admit that like 
conventional healthcare and kind of conventional wisdom, uh, if, if it is wisdom, <laughs> um, it takes a crazy amount of scientific evidence to convince them of something. You know, it has to be really bulletproof and irrefutable, whereas in the functional space, and, you know, we see like a couple studies that suggest that maybe this thing matters and we freak out about it. So, you know, the truth is always somewhere in the middle. But at the same time, I don't know, like, I feel like humans are so disconnected from our innate intuition. And we're just not thinking. And it's like, do you really think that all of the radiation that's being emitted from our electronic devices do you think that's good for us? Like, do you think our bodies, you know, equipped to handle that kind of radiation level and direct proximity all the time? And, you know, the preemptive research, which, yeah, we, we need a lot more research in this area. We do. But the pre preemptive studies really do make it look pretty damning. You know, we already see how it disrupts calcium voltage gated channels and induces oxidative stress and proxy. It's already categorized as, as a probable carcinogen. But that sure as hell didn't stop them from erecting, you know, what, millions of these 5G towers on top of the pre-existing 4G towers while we were all packed away and socially isolated, isolated and stay at home. Like, the myopia of humans is going to be our downfall unless we really wake the hell up and, and start, you know, <laughs> making some, some demands. But it's like, how often have humans been wrong and we do stupid stuff? And then we pay for it. And then when that the trickling statistical data through the CDC, oh, this is really becoming a problem in you know, glyphosate, EMF. So, yeah, I think EMF is huge. I think it's, you know, EMF, the toxic burden. I think some of those things, the overwhelming toxic burden EMF on top of the destructive standard American lifestyle of being in sedentary and all the processed food. It's just setting the stage where we don't have any immune resilience to these pathogens. So that's the thing, like with mold, I don't think it's necessarily that mold is worse than ever before or whatever. I think it's we as a species, as a collective, are lacking tolerance. You know, we used to live symbiotically with mold, but it's a, a lack of tolerance because we're immunocompromised because everybody's so metabolically compromised, which if there's one thing COVID showed, it's that. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, like our toxic buckets are just overflowing, our radiation mm -hmm. buckets. So it's just like we are being blasted from every direction. Like we don't we don't stand a chance unless we make some radical changes. Yeah, so true. Yeah, so what are some simple things we can do, right? Turn off your router at nighttime. What are some other things we can do right now? EMF is very daunting, you know, whether it's EMF or toxins, it just becomes reduction, you know, mm -hmm. to exposure. And there's only so many things we can do. Like, yeah, you know, turning off your, your Wi-Fi router at night or putting your phone on airplane mode. And of course, now there's a whole market of like EMF, you know, mitigating gadgets and stuff that who knows if those really work. But we're all bathing in EMF all day, every day, because even if you turn off your Wi-Fi router, like I live in an apartment, you know, my phone can detect like 50 yep. other Wi-Fi routers. And, <laughs> Same here, yeah. you know, then you look out your window and like there's a 5G tower right there. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those, there's not a ton we can do. And, and I hate to be that bearer of bad news, but this is where I look at what can we control, right? Like we can control what we put in and on our bodies. We can control our environment to some degree. We control how we move our bodies. So you know, rather than getting doom and gloom about the things that we do. But, but part of that, too, is activism. Like with glyphosate, we're starting to get more active and 
the glyphosate thing is taking off. We're demanding. We got to yeah. get that out of here. Miami got rid of it last year. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So part of it is like we as a collective, as a population, we have to demand health. It's not just about being isolated and singular of like, well, what can I do to increase my chances? It's like, no, we need to get together as a collective. But then, of course, we're being pulled apart, polarized, isolated. So we were talking about that on my podcast of like, we need to unify as a collective and realize that as a species, we're headed for a waterfall and a point of no return. And rather than arguing over something stupid and petty like masks, why are we not getting together to combat these bigger threats like the EMF, the glyphosate, the you know standard American diet, so on and so forth? Well said. I interviewed Dr. Kadar Prasad, who's the world's first radiation biologist. He's published like over 250 peer-reviewed studies, and he's big on the dangers of 5G and what it's doing to us. And he says a lot of these EMF blocking like devices for our phones. A lot of people are using. He actually said it makes it worse because it actually creates like a supercharge and it's not really blocking the EMFs and it's actually making things worse. So he suggests, of course, some of the things you suggested, you know, controlling the things you can control, turning off your Wi-Fi, not putting your phone in your pocket unless it's on airplane mode. He also recommends taking specific nutrients like magnesium and quercetin and other antioxidants as well. But you're right. As long as we do the things we can control and we start reducing that stress bucket, we can't get away from EMF. It's all around us unless you live in the middle of the woods. So if you're not living in the middle of the woods, you're going to get EMF exposure. But there's an argument to be made that there could be a hermetic positive response to it, right? If you think about the Chernobyl spill, right? Have you ever seen that the, the HBO series on the Chernobyl spill? I watched like the first episode, so I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, I forget the name of it, but it's, it's so good. But... Dr. Pompa was speaking about this at the conference I was speaking at with him, and he was researching what's going on with Chernobyl right now. And if you look at the environment in Chernobyl right now, no humans are living there. But animals are living there, and there's also trees and, and uh, foliage, and it's thriving. The animals are thriving. It created a hermetic response that actually created more of a thriving environment, right? So there is an argument to be made that there could be a hermetic benefit to something like EMFs, but when you get too much, then that curve goes right back down. So what you're saying, Brendan, is what can we do to reduce the stress bucket so we do get a positive hormetic curve? What do you think about that? No, I, I'm really glad you, you brought up uh, hormesis because we tend to get locked onto something and, and we freak out about it. And then, of course, like that psychological stress and worry is not at all productive towards trying to be healthy. It just tears down our health further. And, you know, the reality is like, we don't fully know. And especially like, why, why worry about something you don't have control of to, to some degree, the argument of hormesis can be, you know, it's like with exercise, you, you've got like a standard American that's very sedentary. Like they don't ever really stress their body out through exercise. So you would think that they don't have a lot of inflammation because they're not hurting their body with like heavy weight training or running or stressing out their body. But in reality, it's the other way around. You know, they have all this adipose and all the adipocytes releasing ton of interleukin-6 and whatever. So they have a higher resting rate of inflammation as opposed to somebody that thrashes their body regularly because that hormetic effect of exercise creates, we have resilience to inflammation. We have resilience to oxidative stress. So to me, it's always about, you know, becoming a very resilient metabolic organism. And that's the greatest thing that our population is really lacking is they're metabolically ill. 88% of them are metabolically ill because they just, they never, 
you know, they don't, we're not being human. We're not being the animals we were born to be. Like you think about a very primal lifestyle and of course, primal and paleo and, and that's its own huge movement these days. And it's like, think about how hard and strenuous, like you're getting exposed to the elements constantly. You're getting bitten by all sorts of pathogens and bugs and picking up Borrelia and Bartonella left and right. Yeah. You're getting, you know, radiated by the sun. You're getting dehydrated commonly like the primal life was a very hard life. So, but our bodies are so resilient and adaptive. Whereas now we have like a pandemic, a crisis of the opposite, where we're just turning into these gelatinous, unresilient people, right? So it's crazy. We're easy to kill right now. Well, not you and I, but as a population, we're getting easier to kill, which is not good. And Sean Wells talks a lot about that. So I want to close the conversation with what, what is it right now, 2021, what is the main thing that you're excited about getting out there into the world in, in this year? I actually really found myself almost like too niche down in the mold world. And, and I'm grateful for that, that deep dive and, and mold is always going to be a big focal point for me. But I just felt like my whole career was centered around mold for years. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> I mean, there's other things to life. And it's like, why do I care about mold? So these days, I'm really pretty focused on just mental health and a functional medicine approach to mental health. And I'm, you know, trying to carve out the time to write a book, which, you know, my, my hope is to get that sucker out within a year. But I actually, I think what I'm most excited about is I'm speaking at IMMH in oh, uh, look at August. That. Yeah, I just honestly, man, I know you can appreciate this. And, and I think this is the only kind of environment that I'd say it. But like, you know, I'm a dude from Kansas that like, I don't have a college degree. I uh, have gone through a lot of hard stuff in my life. So to, to be at where I am now, where I'm thriving, and I, I am seeing the impact of my work on, you know, those that kind of tune in. But it's like, I'm you know, I look at this catalog of all these speakers and it's like, you know, these are doctors and PhDs that have been in practice like longer than I've been alive and I'm worthy enough to lecture and my lecture counts as continuing medical education credits. Like, so I'm just really proud about this and excited yeah. and I can't wait to get my book out. Thank you, man. Like, yeah, something about that is uh, very special to me. So, And it's well-deserved. You, you belong on that stage. They're going to be blessed for having you there. So well-deserved. Congratulations. That book, whenever it comes out, it's going to be a huge blessing. We'll bring you back on the show to talk about it. Uh, your Instagram page is tremendous. I love it. Uh, the holistic, uh, is it at the holistic savage? Yes, sir. So we'll put that in the podcast notes and show notes. Where else can they, the keto campers go check you out? Well, you know, business is metabolic solutions. So we've got on Facebook, we're metabolic solutions Institute, which is our professional institute and we do all sorts of cool training because that's that's things like my day job is is training functional medicine providers but then you know i, I love just doing the research and educating and, and all of that and I, I know you get that so it's a blessing man but uh they can tune into the podcast listen to your handsome self talk about your book keto flex which congratulations on that so thank you brother this this is why like honestly man this friendship this brotherhood is such a blessing I feel like we're such kindred spirits and uh, it's been a beautiful journey. And I know we're just getting started too. Yeah, we are because we're going to live a long time. So we're definitely just getting started. <laughs> do, do you have a course on uh, detoxing mold? Is this something that you offer for that? 
Yeah, yeah, it's a big part of the curriculum. We our mold course is like twelve hours long. Then we did a mold wow. workshop, and the oat course is like sixteen hours long. And we just at this point we have about sixty plus hours of pre-recorded coursework, and I just keep adding to it, and it's, yeah. it's so fun, you know. And so it's the on your website. Never done. Yeah, absolutely. You're, the work is never done. You're right. So metabolicsolutions.com. Uh, LLC.com. LLC.com. We'll put it down below. Yeah, the work is never done. So true. Uh, I interviewed real quick Dr. Benjamin Bickman recently, and I just released the episode. And he was like, he said on the show, it aggravates him when people say the science is settled. Like, that's it. You know, follow the science. When he says that's the opposite of what you should do. He's like, never believe the science. It's always evolving. It's always changing. To your point, the work is never done. Like, never believe the science. Verify the science. And let's see if it keeps changing. So what you're doing, Brendan, is so special to the world. You've been a mentor, a friend. Uh, an amazing colleague to myself personally. I love how you show up in the world. You're always sending me random messages on Instagram, voice messages of positivity. Thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for the light that you shine in this world. Mental health, mold toxicity, upstream causes. We need more people like you. So uh, I appreciate your time today and I can't wait to bring you on to talk about a new subject. And I love you, brother. Thank you for today. Love you too, Ben. It's, It's a real pleasure. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Brendan. Share this with a friend. Uh, share it on social media, Instagram. Shoot us a tag at the Holistic Savage, at the Benazadi. And when I see that, I'll share it on my stories. And if you are getting any value from the show and this conversation or any of the conversations, please leave the Keto Camp Podcast a rating or a review. And uh, yeah, definitely go check out the links and resources in the comment section or in the show notes down below. Go follow Brendan. He's doing such great work out there. So go check him out using the links and resources in the podcast notes. Just a reminder that the KetoFlex book is out there on Amazon. You could go purchase it today, ketoflexbook.com. I want to thank you so much for listening to the entire episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. I'll see you on the next one. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.